Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to the United States of Oklahoma with Josh Delaney. I am Delaney, podcasting on live from the corner of Maine and Robinson in downtown Oklahoma City. And this is going to be a lot of fun. In front of me, a college professor in behavioral studies for nearly 30 years. He teaches at Oklahoma City University. Uh, He has more than a decade teaching paranormal skepticism. Uh, His work has been featured on CNN, uh, Time.com, the National Geographic Channel, the Christian Science Monitor, the Huffington Post, and A&E. He's the recipient of the Distinguished Achievement and Scholarship of Discovery Award at OCU Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning. He is the editor of the Critical Thinking Anthology, Pseudoscience and uh, Deception. Wait, uh, yeah, Pseudoscience and Deception. Uh, the Smoke and Mirrors of Paranormal Claims. Uh, he has numerous publications and periodicals such as Skeptic and Skeptical Inquirer, and he is the founder of the unique and unorthodox website, uh, ParanormalInquest.net. .net, is that still around? Not really. Okay. <laughs> in, two, in 2004, he... Uh, uh, well, I, I said I'd mention this later, but he co-conducted the first interview of Dr. Jack Kevorkian uh, after his 1999 murder conviction for euthanasia. Uh, he was named a scientific and technical consultant to the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry in 2004. Um, he has earned his Doctor of Education degree in counseling psychology from the University of Tulsa. Dr. Brian Farha, how are you doing, man? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, except you've, uh, you've, you know, people like you have ruined my TV watching habits. So I'm into how so? Well, I'm into this thing called uh, it was Ghost Adventures with uh, that handsome-looking uh, Zach Baggins. I think. Is oh his name. yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you're dabbling in uh, now. Can we say on the air? Can we spell out BS and say you can it? Say it, man. Because you can it's say bullshit. It. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's not the best way to educate people. You know, to just come out and say it's bullshit. We have to show them how it's bullshit. You have to show them how. Uh, what's the other one I watch? Uh, I think it's Ghost Adventures. Uh, Ghost Adventures. That's a Tennessee one where they. Uh, they actually catch ghosts at the end of the show. They, uh, well, they, they build contraptions. How about they claim to catch ghosts? Can we just... <laughs> okay, they claim. See, you see how this works? <laughs> this critical thinking, it works like that. We don't assume. We don't make blanket assumptions. All right, they claim. They're making claims, um, which is not... What do they say in the scientific community? It's not been a, well, a reproducible, um, that kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, I've been on message boards where they've told me that these things aren't real either. So... Um, I, you know, I've grown a little bit skeptical. Uh, <laughs> so why aren't these things real? And, 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 and why are you trying to ruin all of our fun out here? We just want to believe in ghosts. Well, the natural world is just every bit as fun as the ones made up by many people, including fortune tellers and psychics and that kind of thing. I mean, if you think about it, there are – think about an elephant's trunk. There are more than 40,000 muscles in the trunk of that elephant. That's amazing, and that's science. Yeah. There are more stars than there are grains of sand on all the beaches in the world. That's science. Mm-hmm. That's real interesting. We don't have to have the stuff made up by a lot of these uh, you know, pseudoscientists. Yeah. Uh, so uh, think natural. There's plenty to be amazed about. Plenty, plenty to be yeah. amazed about. Like a good Oklahoma sunset. A good Oklahoma right. sunset. Right in front of you. <laughs> I'll give you an example of something else that's bullshit. And I, I'm going to get a lot of criticism for this, but Go homeopathy. Yes. Homeopathy is one of those things that oh, is bullshit. Yes. Now, here's one called Calm's Fort. You can find it at any uh, health food store. Mm-hmm. It's a sleep aid. Mm-hmm. And the instructions say, okay. you know, don't take more than... Uh, you know, one to three, because they're really strong. So there's three. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Now, sorry, because this is going to make some noise on the air here. Oh, God. You're not going to fall asleep on me, are but you? Here I, are five more. Can I have a couple? Okay. Can I, you right. want some? Yeah, can I have five? 
finally doing drugs in the, in I the will, podcast I'm a, booth. I'm going to finish the bottle. What you tell me for? how many are here. Oh, man. Uh, 10, 15. 10 or 15. Right, now. We're, now we're doing drugs. Now, if you read the label, <laughs> it tells you, be ready to take this person to the poison control center if you overdose. Okay. Now, I have clearly overdosed. Todd, are you ready? I have clearly overdosed. <laughs> so get ready to suspend this. And if you see me nodding off, you can just say, hey, you know, this stuff really does work. You need to renounce your skepticism. Call IMSA. Get uh, Benny Benny Fulkerson ready over at Fire Department. <laughs> I'm going to be laying flat on my back in just about five minutes here. God, those taste awful, too. They're nothing they like do a, taste awful, don't they're, they? They're well, not. they're meant to be swallowed with water. But, oh, yeah, sorry, okay. you do have coffee. Yeah, they got my coffee there. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? They're non-habit forming. Uh, they don't taste as well as uh, Flintstone vitamins. <sighs> like those are the well, things. so you like the sugar is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I like that. Uh, <laughs> so this is so you could just go to go to the store and buy this, huh? Any health food store has those. But it just it with what it's going to show and prove uh, is grief. There is nothing to it. So mm-hmm. what we're paying for is an empty capsule essentially. Yeah. How do they get away with selling this stuff? Uh, well, you know, this organization, the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, has um, uh, signed uh, petitions uh, to combat it and get it out of Walmart and places like that. So yeah. there, are, there is some activity going on, but yeah. they have the freedom to, you know, put in the, on their shelves whatever they want. It's really up to the consumer, and this is a, a good point, is that it's up to us to, to ask skeptical questions. Yeah. But why is it, in my opinion, why, here, why is it that we may not think to check into this, but if I was going to sell you my used car, oh boy, you'd open the hood. I'd get the car fax. You'd take a look at it inside and out. <laughs> you'd send it to your mechanic yeah. to look it over. But when it comes to issues of the paranormal-related stuff, all of a sudden we seem to suspend our critical thinking. What do you think that is? Well, I think it's more fun to think about the possibilities mm-hmm. than it is to think about what's not likely to be. Mm-hmm. For example, you mentioned the, the, the haunting stuff. <laughs> if you think about ghosts, haunted houses, communicating with the dead, some yes. psychics claim to be able to do, all of yeah. those imply an afterlife. Mm-hmm. That's comforting. Mm-hmm. That's a lot more comforting than thinking, boy, when we die, it's all over. That's it. It's curtains. <laughs> Are you doing some pondering right now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just that's the first time I ever thought about that. God, I'm going to die. <laughs> actually, I actually think may, about it every day. Actually, and there, may, <laughs> and there may be an afterlife, but we have to wait till we die to find out the answer. People right, who claim right. claim to have the answers, I'm skeptical of. I I have always wondered about the uh, the ghost thing because the 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 common story is. Uh, this ghost died here and now it's stuck in this house and I'd be like damn if I was a ghost man I'm going to strip clubs I'm going to rock and roll shows <laughs> I'm going to every Super Bowl why does the ghost have to be stuck in this house doing nothing but pushing empty swing sets or rattling jars and things well, like that let's take it a step further if there is a ghost in a house and the ghost because this is the way it's reported many times this is mm-hmm. a bad presence they want me out of there Mm-hmm. Well, then why aren't they doing something so egregious yeah. that you get the hell out of the house? Yeah, I'm going to kill them. You know what? Foe. You wake up in the morning and red rum is written on your on your mirror. Yeah, I'm getting out. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, but it's just subtle things that kind of keeps the resonant right there. It's not enough to get right, them out yeah. of there. So yeah. something else is going on. I'll tell you a, a quick story. I took one of those pseudoscience classes of mine mm-hmm. to – we weren't investigating an alleged haunting. We were investigating the investigators because we okay. don't investigate. I don't know that there's anything to it at all. So okay. we just watch to make sure that the investigators are doing the job right. Mm-hmm. The owner comes out with his wife <laughs> with, uh, uh, I believe it was scotch and water. Ah. And one of my students said, Better can I you ask s- you a question? <laughs> when you've seen since this ghost in the house, have you been drinking? And he yeah. said, yes. And we said, what about the previous times? Yes. I think this is an issue of alcoholism and not a, ghosts. <laughs> got a pattern here. <laughs> yeah. My um, – living out – well, I don't know. Let's say a relative. A relative of mine died and uh, – living out in this town in uh, California and the relative was living out on the East Coast and somebody told me that uh, they thought maybe my relative had come to visit the house 
I said, no, she didn't. She hates this town. If she were a ghost, she would never come here ever again. <laughs> well, see, that's uh, implementing a little bit of critical thinking. Logic. Like, this would be the last place. <laughs> the Let's just stop. <laughs> okay. It wasn't my mother. It was a, a ghost imposter. <laughs> what... Uh, when, now you, you said you watched watch the uh, investigators and uh, with the, you know with these shows that are out here. Uh, in fact, I, I realize you can download apps now, and that these apps will pick up the ghost sounds in your house, and they'll give you messages and things like that. Um, what what is behind these equip uh, pieces of equipment? What what are some of the tricks that that these folks are using, maybe on or off camera, um, that kind of you know make it look like you know th- that shadow over there is real well the, 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 the main piece of equipment is something that's supposed to uh determine whether or not there's a ghost in the house and the needle will go you know yeah. one way or the other yeah. and uh the problem is <laughs> maybe the needle is moving but how has it ever been has it ever been shown scientifically that there's a relationship between the needle moving mm-hmm. and the presence of a ghost and the answer is of course not right and the reason is because there's never been a way and i think you alluded to this how do you even prove that a ghost exists it's not one of those that's uh testable yeah. right. uh, the presence of god we can't mm-hmm. create an experiment and test whether god exists mm-hmm. so you know there's just not much to do so now it comes into belief yes my friend michael Shermer, who's the editor of skeptic magazine always says Maybe it's the belief system mm. and nothing else. And so, again, maybe it's more interesting to believe in something than – and sometimes yeah. there's not necessarily uh, foul play going on. Maybe the ghost hunter, some ghost hunters, believe that ghosts exist. I think that most of them don't, but some probably do. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people even that are – uh, in the area of fortune telling, are well-meaning people mm-hmm. that they really believe they that they can do what they say they're going to do. I mean, I I did a radio show, uh, co-hosted it years ago, and uh, just for like six episodes, and uh, there was a lady who said uh, it was the anniversary of 9/11, which is ironic because of the date right now. We yeah. just had it. Yeah. And. Uh, and so she said, I know some really nasty things are going to happen on this anniversary. It's only, you know, a few days away, yeah. uh, whatever. And, and I said, I tell you what, Saturday at 4 o'clock, I'm going on the radio. If you want to put these predictions in an envelope, now this lady was in California, so she mm. mailed them to me. Okay. Put them in an envelope, mail them to me. I will read them on the air. And if you're right, you're going to get some serious notoriety. Yeah. And if you're wrong, it's going to be egg on your face. Mm-hmm. She was. She didn't hesitate. She was dead wrong. She said Laura Bush was going to be assassinated. George Bush was going to be assassinated. Oh, she went big. A building with an address in Los Angeles and New York, which I didn't repeat the, the mm-hmm. addresses. It was pointless. At the, in fact, when 4 o'clock came around, I knew that nothing had happened because I've been watching the news all day. Yeah. So, But we got her on the phone during a commercial break. And she said, I thought I had the ability, and I don't. So she was well-intentioned. She wasn't a shyster like some of the folks are. Yeah. But she really thought she had some ability. Yeah. Ouija boards. Weren't those just board games? Well, it's a board game. I mean, it's it's compressed wood Mm -hmm. with some paint on it Mm -hmm. that now we're spooked out about, of course. Right. Now, in in your Sunday paper, Mm -hmm. Parade Magazine, Right, oh. Marilyn Vossavant has a column. She's had it there for decades. Now, Marilyn says there's an easy way to test for the Ouija board. Okay. And she said if you look at the instructions, it will tell you that the planchette, that thing that you put your hands on, mm-hmm. is moving because of the spirits. The spirits are moving it, not okay. the participants. Yeah. yeah. She said, well, if that's the case, then if we blindfold the participants, it should still spell out the correct answer. Mm. And, Josh, when we blindfold the participants, it does not spell out the correct answers. <laughs> Did you get an American-made Ouija board? You know, because sometimes those overseas-made ones, you know. Well, it probably was they're American not Chevys. because mine glows in the dark. So I have a modern Ouija board. Uh, so I, I read uh, 
I was talking to you about this earlier. Uh, a South Florida woman apparently was sentenced to prison in order to pay uh, $1.6 million in restitution for a fortune-telling fraud scheme. Uh, anyway, this lady's like 28 years old, and uh, it's a long story here. But, uh, you know, um, tricked this lady into saying she would help her out and all this stuff. Um, going fortune- to prison. Mm, good. Yeah, going to prison. <laughs> good. Now, the thing, my question would be, couldn't she see that, like, in her own future? Oh, that's a good one. That she was going to go? <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> That would have stopped her, right? It would have See, stopped. I'm her. just, you know, I, I just, I'm thinking, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think here. Uh, but now you but, may remember Sylvia Brown. She was a famous oh, yeah, yeah. psychic. Yeah. And she died, and didn't see it coming <laughs> uh, you know, so there may be something to what you're saying yeah. i think you're getting a bit skeptical i am I'm getting a, a bit skeptical what, wasn't there a show called the other side or something like that there was like a talk Probably. show you said something that i watch these ghost shows. i really don't watch them yeah not yeah. very often got, got i used to do it and critique them in yeah. know, articles and things like that but i don't watch them anymore because there's yeah they're just basically hollywood stuff yeah they're uh i <laughs> They, you know, they always hear a noise in the house, and then uh, they got their little pieces of equipment out, and the lights go off or whatever, and then there's always a shadow moving. But there's never there's never the Freddy Krueger moment, like, oh, my God, there he is, you know, and we're about to get killed or, or something like that. Never. Kind of like the UFO thing, right? We, we say we see him faintly in the sky and stuff like that, but when right, are we going to have right. a close encounter of the third kind where we right. see it? Aliens walk out of the, <laughs> the spaceship. We shake hands with them. Apparently, this is not happening. So right. they, apparently, they only want to get so close to us. Oh, that's the, no. one, that's the one I've been waiting for for years. It's uh, like, really, guys? I keep reading and hearing about all these sightings. Who was the area of – and I'm say Area 51 guy. I think his first name was Bob. Uh, that died recently? Not recently. Okay. He, uh, he claimed to have seen a, uh, uh, alien crafts. Because uh, Stanton out. Friedman was a big person um, in, the, uh, in that area, uh, and he died a couple of weeks ago. Oh shoot! No, I didn't know that. Uh, let's see. It was. Uh, let's see. Was it Bob? He was recently on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he talked about this for hours. And he had. Um, it was a Bob Lazar. Okay. And he claims. Uh, that yeah. What was the claim? Well, that he had worked out there, had all his top secret clearance, and then ended up seeing the um, the spacecraft, and then. Um, was intimidated by the government uh, for years. Um, but he goes on, he had his drawing of the spacecraft and he um, described the inside and, and outside of it. So um, that's one to check out. But who verified whether he described it accurately? Uh, I'd have to watch the three hour uh, podcast again. <laughs> Okay. 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 <laughs> it was one of those where I'm laying on the couch and I'm watching it on YouTube. But did it seem legit to you? Coming in and out. Um, not really, but... Because if he was given that clearance... Why would he spill the beans? That's concerning to me. Yeah, it's uh, well, he's got this you know um, long, lengthy story, and, and uh, Rogan seemed to um, kind of set him up as a you know as a martyr. You know, like yeah, I really <laughs> you're not setting me up, by the really, way, are you? I'm not. I'm not setting you up because <laughs> okay, uh, I'm out of here. If you but, do. <laughs> <laughs> but what was fascinating to me is because um, it sounds like you're you're consistent in in your thinking and in your critical thinking i'm always i've been fascinated lately by people who will um discard religion but then they will believe in all of these other uh types of things you know aliens third eyes or whatever they're seeing on drugs and chemicals and then they'll go so far as to say that's real that's a spirit that's out there and i i tap into it when i'm on my shrooms or i'm on this drug or or that drug is that something that 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 you've seen as well um or what do you make of these these uh you know non-religious but sort of spiritual claims of of reality well, you know, we have we're living in a day and age where um, people are in altered states of consciousness a lot, mm-hmm. and even you know, medical marijuana has been approved in Oklahoma. So you know, who knows what we're dealing with? I just gave you the example of the the ghost thing, and the owner of the house comes out with scotch and water. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so are we dealing with uh, accurate perception, or are we dealing with altered perception? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you do bring up an interesting point about uh, is there an inconsistency between, you know, believing in one thing and then not believing in another, like the God question. Mm-hmm. But as I said earlier, we can't set up an experiment to determine if God's here. 
We can set up an experiment to determine whether or not you can accurately predict football games on Sunday. Mm -hmm. We can do it. And I've done that kind of a thing before. I lost a bunch of money last Sunday, so (laughs) I I can't. (laughs) Fantasy football (laughs) killing me. Anyway. (laughs) Oh. So uh, do you think people are – this is a question I've always had – do you think people, uh, when they are born, uh, just have the DNA, the chemical makeup that is going to lead them to belief or lead them not to belief? And whatever uh, belief that is. And I, my understanding is a lot of it's cultural where you grow up. If you're in a certain place, you're going to be a Muslim. If you're in another place, you might be a Southern Baptist. Well, we're, we're, we're not helped by our parents sometimes. Mm-hmm. Magical thinking is calm. Magical thinking is what you're talking about. The, we grow up being told there's an Easter bunny, there's a tooth fairy, mm-hmm. Santa Claus, that kind of thing. I know I'm raining on some people's parades by saying, you know, are you, you telling me not to tell my children that Kids there's the a car. Santa Claus? I frankly don't think it helps. Yeah. I don't think it helps. So, yes, I do believe that people uh, are born and, uh, and then live throughout young adulthood being taught to believe in a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's easy to believe in a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's a classic uh, experiment that uh, John Stossel did on ABC News where he took real small young kids and he had an empty box in the room. And he told these kids there was a fox in the box. And so then John leaves the room. The kids are talking to each other, and they're all saying, oh, my God, did you hear that? I heard that loud fox. I even peeked in and <laughs> saw him. This is this magical thinking thing in children is real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how uh, how have the term? What, what are the some of the? I guess trends would be the the word. Terms and trends. Do you, uh, have you seen things over your time of research where you know it's just the same old trick? It's just repackaged into something else. I I, I knew when I was uh, or well when I was growing up, I used to hear the term uh, new age a lot, and then uh, for a while. Wicca was a big deal. Um, you know, a lot of other stuff going gone now. Is, is there really nothing new under the sun? Does it just get repackaged? Not really. The, the, the one thing that I see a lot of is uh, trickery that uh, requires an accomplice. This is what people are not looking for, right? When you go to a psychic and the uh, assistant hands them a piece of paper, which was the answer to something a participant wrote down in the audience, And the trick is in the transfer from the accomplice to the psychic. Mm. But I do see that a lot. But um, it's interesting that you ask that because the fun part of what we do is we like magic. Mm -hmm. Because some magicians and illusionists are are not claiming to have supernatural powers. They're just saying, we're tricking you. It's sleight of hand and we're tricking you. Those have been rehashed a lot from traditional magicians – to um, um, David Blaine, yes. to now the magicians that we see on, I don't know if you ever watched the Carbonaro effect. And, A couple times, uh, yeah. Yeah, True TV. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I was more of a Blaine man. Yeah. I just well, like, and I see, like the reactions. And Chris Angel <laughs> took what David Blaine did to another level. Yeah. Like with the levitating, you know, he really took that to another, another level. But yeah. there, a lot of it is just old tricks that have been rehashed. Yeah. Rehashed. There are some new things out there. Now there is this ability to write something down on a piece of paper, and it transfers onto a piece of paper in a different location. Oh, okay. And I haven't so, seen that one. And so – How are we doing now, that one? I'm, I'm the clerk or the cashier at a, super, at a uh, convenience store, mm-hmm. and you come up and you see a bowl of jelly beans, and mm-hmm. we're doing a raffle. Mm-hmm. And I say, write down the number. Take a guess how many jelly beans are in there. Mm-hmm. And you take a guess and you write it down. Well, it sees that on the other piece of paper. Mm. And I grabbed this piece of paper <laughs> off the jelly bean jar. And it said, Josh was going to predict 4,012. <laughs> and you got it right. That's pretty amazing on its appearance. Yes. Yeah. But knowing now that we can write something down on this special piece of paper mm-hmm. and it transfers to another piece of paper in a different location – it's no big deal, but it's being rehashed all over the place on these shows. Amen. Um, I am struck still by uh, the lingering, um, and I, I know this is uh, low-hanging fruit, but um, I, I, I was thinking about this because 
I had read that Benny Hinn, who's a well-known televangelist, um, was kind of renouncing what he was doing, saying maybe he'd been preaching the wrong message for years and overselling this prosperity gospel. Now, this is after he took the $18 million, right? Is that what I'm I don't, I don't think he sold his house. He didn't do this at the beginning of his career. He's only doing this at the end of, okay, yeah, go ahead. I don't think he's donated to Goodwill. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> what's, that, what's that Bible verse? Sell all you have and give to the poor. You know, all the Bible verses on, you know, the rich man, you know, it's tougher for them to enter the kingdom of God. I don't, I don't know that he's taken that to heart. But uh, are, are the televangelists or the, the faith healers, uh, are they still lingering or, or is that dying out? And, and if it's still around, why does that still have a, 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 a hold on people? It's dying out, but it's dying out uh, very slowly and gradually, but not to my satisfaction level. Yeah. An example. You may know James Randi. He's the old man in Florida who's got a million dollars he'll give to anybody who can demonstrate psychic ability. Oh, okay. Uh, I've heard of not, that. And, he's and not really doing like that, that anymore since his triple bypass yeah. but uh, or double bypass. You should see Benny Hinn. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I've already forgotten where I was going with okay, this. Okay, no, go ahead. <laughs> Tell me. So, so the lingering televangelism, faith oh, healing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So yeah. James goes into an auditorium with Peter Popov. Oh, yeah, I know Peter Popov. You know Peter Popov. Yeah. Yeah. He he takes a uh, uh, a scanner, a radio scanner, into the auditorium with him and detects that that Peter Popoff is being prompted by his wife making predictions to audience members through a wireless earpiece. Mm. He catches him red-handed. Mm-hmm. He was bringing in $4 million a year. His career is over. He got busted. Went, Randy went on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and showed it. Peter Popoff is still, still around. on television. Yeah. I mean, that is the biggest scam. I mean, for yeah. televangelists, that was the biggest one in history. Yeah. And he's still back on television. Now, he's not pulling in $4 million anymore, but still, mm-hmm. what does it take for the public to let go? Because when somebody who has alleged paranormal ability mm-hmm. is busted, it's really hard for their followers to leave them. Really hard. They hang on for dear life. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. do, you th- do you think it's because if they leave that personality, or how about that whole situation is really a reflection uh, on me? Like, I don't want to say I was duped. You know, I don't want that to reflect on my character. So essentially, they're doubling so, down. So I need to double down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I need to. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. I need to hang on. There's got to be a different explanation for why it didn't turn out so well right, for them, right? Right. Yeah, man, at some point, you just got to go. You know, maybe I was wrong. Let's go get a bottle of bourbon and move on. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you another trick about the uh, televangelist that mm-hmm. I saw, you know, a couple of decades ago. You see how they do these miracle uh, medical treatments. Yes. And, right, somebody can't walk, and you're seeing them walk across the stage. Mm-hmm. It's a miracle. Yeah. I saw a deal one time where this happened. There was crutches they had crutches. The participant had crutches right next to their chair that they were sitting in. So the evangelist does the little thing, says, you're healed, puts the hand on the head, you're healed, get up and walk. They get up and walk. Guess what, Josh? The crutches were for the other person on the other side of the crutches. But the viewers don't know this. And then I get asked questions like, well, uh, <laughs> but 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 we keep seeing all of these hits and all these successes. So yeah. how could you possibly explain that? Mm-hmm. You know, those shows aren't aired live. Right. They're edited. Yeah. And all of the failures are edited out. And mm-hmm. all we see are the successes, the yeah. apparent successes. There are explanations for it, logical explanations. For example, they're not doing a six-month follow-up to see if that person is still right. walking. Right. And they're not. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you right now they're yeah. not. But Yeah. Well, you know, the, the sad thing, uh, you know, because there's, there's a lot of uh, damage that gets done when, you know, people believe that they're healed and they're not, and then, then it goes south, you know. It's like, hey, uh, just go to a doctor and get that checked out, you know. Yeah, and this is a, this is the biggest, one of the toughest things for me, because I, I, I will hear, if the patient is responding, what's the harm? So, you know, it's a sticky wicket whether or not, you spill the beans on somebody and, you know, and say, by the way, 
this uh, evangelist you're going to is full of crap. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're getting benefit from it, you know, I don't know what you do with that. Yeah, but. yeah. Now, what about those uh, essential oils? Have we looked into that yet? Uh-uh. Are those healing people? No, no, they're not healing people. Okay. But now, there may be some natural properties to CBD. That, is that healing people? CBD? Yeah. I think it's probably good for pain. Okay. Yeah, there, some of this stuff, I, you know, I will make a comment about this. In 1996, I went to the World Skeptics Conference. Yes, there is one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is one. And uh, one of the skeptics was giving a presentation on alternative medicine. Mm-hmm. And it used to be where we used to say, all of this botanical stuff is garbage. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to herbs. There's nothing to any of this. Now what they're saying is there's something to some of them. Yeah. So let's be legit. may not be very many of them, mm-hmm. but let's give it their just due and turn the, the, the discussion to we better start testing for side effects, yeah, and you know, um, and uh, yeah. you know, so uh, so th- it has come a little bit of a ways on that alternative medicine thing. There are some things that are legitimate and some things that are not. Yeah, uh, have you ever carried a lucky rabbit's foot? No, no. Now, are you like one of these cranks where you see a? Uh, you know, a guy's wearing a cross around his neck, or you see a nun, or you see an imam, and you just, you know, pulling your hair out, or how do you... Oh, but see, I don't get bothered by other people being religious or spiritual or anything like that. If, if, if that works for them, that's fine. Yeah. You know, I've got a lot of people in my own family that are spiritual and religious, and, mm-hmm. you know, so be it. You know, what, so be it. What are those conversations like? Are they cordial? Like yes. when you just talk about this stuff? They're cordial with immediate family. Yeah. And with distant family, it gets, can get a little heated. Yeah. Of course, if, if it gets heated, it may be because I've presented it in kind of a, an abrasive way. I do have to be <laughs> careful about that. Okay, yeah. Skeptics get uh, sometimes a legitimate criticism that they're just too abrasive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the great scientist uh, who died uh, a few decades ago, Carl Sagan, uh, he wrote in, in his book, uh, The Demon Haunted World, which mm-hmm. was a skeptical book. But he said, you know, the skeptical organization's got to be careful not to act so high and mighty. What we do is we conduct our research and we let the chips fall where they may, but we don't have to do it with an attitude. And many skeptics, some skeptics do kind of do their research with an attitude. It's not a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. And even as abrasive as I may have sounded somewhat in this early going of this conversation. Not at all. If all. I was doing, conducting research, you wouldn't detect that in me. Yeah. We tested a person uh, uh, from Tulsa. This organization, the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, uh, they have a testing branch to their organization, people who make extraordinary claims. Well, the claimant was in Tulsa. So they asked me, would I do the testing, at least the preliminary testing? He claimed to be able to uh, change the brightness of a light bulb with only psychic ability. (laughs) Not touching the light bulb, standing a foot away from it. He's a regular Thomas Edison there, huh? And so, uh, (laughs) you know, we tested him. And uh, it was just him looking at the light bulb for hours and and the needle not moving at all but uh, i don't remember why i started mentioning this but there was a reason did did you take a smoke break while he was doing that (laughs) you leave right you see this thing start flickering i did it i did it (laughs) that's right um well uh, along those lines uh what has been the the uh toughest case for you to to crack has there ever been one where you're like Hmm. Like this one's really, this one could be legit. Have you ever gotten there? Or what, what's what's been the hardest one? No, not there have never been any difficult ones. No, something always presents itself. There's a tell. Always presents itself. I remember we were in Guthrie watching the research again, monitoring the ghost hunters. Uh-huh. I, it may have been the Pollard Theater. I can't remember. <laughs> and we heard a sound. And it was like, holy crap. It was a little weird. And I said, wait a second. There were supposed to be eight of us all together Mm. in this building, and I only see seven. (laughs) (laughs) Go get the eighth person, and if we hear the noise again, maybe we got something. Or something that's worth further investigation. (laughs) But (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Now, if you want to know what shows the most promise, I will answer that. Okay, yeah. 
because there is an area that shows promise. Okay. And even for a skeptic, this idea of aliens, Mm -hmm. I don't mean the idea of alien humans-like, human-like creatures. The lizard people. But think about this. If if they find a single one-celled organism on another planet, that's an alien. Mm. And it's looking more and more like, with all the stars and the galaxy and all the galaxies, that it may even be likely that something exists out there or that life existed in the previous history of the solar system or universe. So I actually do hold out promise. Carl Sagan used to say uh, it would almost be the height of human arrogance to believe we're the only life form in the, in the, solar, in the uh, universe. Mm. I think that's probably right. Well, there have been uh, – the recent – you know, these things seem to come in waves. It's, you get old enough, you're like, oh, God, I've seen this before. It just – they've named it something else or whatever. But uh, these uh, military jets – uh, have uh, I see these radar clips where something fast is moving down below them and they're on it and they've never seen this stuff before. What do you make of that? Worthy of further investigation. Okay. But, you know, as we were talking about earlier, when are we going to see that close encounter of the third kind where there is no question, it leaves no doubt, right. worthy of further investigation? But I wouldn't get excited. Mm-hmm. Logical explanations are, you know, there was a case years ago where uh, out in a field, uh, somebody thought they saw a flying saw a spacecraft of red blinking light, and all it you know, it was like supposed to be like forty miles away, and all it turned out to be was a firefly at forty feet away. <laughs> yeah, that's all it was. We've got to be careful not to get too excited. The logical explanations we have to give that uh, uh, the first set of opportun- opportunity, which is think about all the logical explanations that could explain this. Mm-hmm. But people who are excited about this, pro-paranormalists, really don't want to hear that crap. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. don't want to hear that. No. Uh, they don't. They don't. So it's, uh, what is it, Friday the 13th tomorrow? Uh, what, are, what are some of the uh, things surrounding that? Was it black cats and don't walk under a ladder? And- yeah, those and just the, the, uh, the idea of fearing the number 13, yeah. which is – almost entirely uh, on us. Mm-hmm. Look, think about how do you combat that? How do you overcome a fear of the number 13? Look at some of the great athletes we've had. You remember Kurt Warner who yeah. uh, uh, played for the Rams and yeah. took him to the – and won the Super Bowl mm-hmm. in 2000, threw for a record at that time 414 yards, proudly wearing the number 13 on his jersey. Where's 13? Dan Marino rewrote the record books in passing, wearing the number 13 13. on his jersey. Yeah. So, you know, this stuff uh, (laughs) – so if you're on an airplane, there's no research to suggest if you sit in seat 13 that you're at any more risk than any of the other seats. Don't do it. And by the way, you know – you know that if you are in a high rise, oh yeah, and you're in the elevator, you and you don't see the yeah. button for floor thirteen, because mm-hmm. they're trying to let you think there's no thirteenth floor, but the fourteenth floor is it's the thirteenth floor. floor. For goodness' sake, <laughs> I mean it's tricking a lot of people, but please. Uh, uh, so yeah. So you for know, all you people on the fourteenth floor, you yeah. know, I think you all should request yeah. to move higher or lower. I'm trying to look at the cold court. I can't see the cold court from here. I don't know how many <laughs> damn floors it has, but anyway, um, you know, there was a Kurt Warner who was a running back for the Seahawks. I remember, yeah, number forty-four, I believe, something like that. Yeah, he was, I liked him. Um, so, how does your uh, your behavioral sciences background uh, tie into this? Uh, well, it, paranormal it, it research. tells us like how we're going to learn about and become superstitious because mm-hmm. that's what that Friday the 13th yeah. is kind of about. Yeah. Uh, but it's usually something erroneous. For example, a baseball player uh, can't find his white T-shirt, so he just wears the green one anyway. Mm-hmm. What the hell? He uncharacteristically happens to hit a home run. Mm-hmm. There's nothing magical about the dye that's green that helps a person hit a home run. He's going to wear but that shirt to every that day. Baseball though. player, <laughs> green is now his lucky number, and that yeah. green t-shirt, uh, green is his lucky color, and that green t-shirt is his lucky t-shirt, and mm. won't play a game without the t-shirt. Right. But it don't, it, it don't arose out or, of nothing. Yeah. But if he believes it, let him go. Yeah. You know, I don't care. 
there's there, a ton of superstition in sports. Oh yeah, a there's ton. ball players who won't step on the on the chalk. You know, they'll hop over it. Um, or they go through a ritual. They go through the know, ritual, and we see oh, the, the baseball players taking the bat and hitting their cleats. Yeah. You know, got to hit that. that kind yeah, of stuff. you got to let's see, rub the rub maybe the grabbing their feet. private parts for a brief grab second. private parts. <laughs> that always helps. Grab the private parts and then then wave to mom. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. You always want to associate <laughs> the, the two. Yes, you are right. Sports uh, <laughs> sports superstitions are are uh, they're off the chart. You know the one the one thing that gets me too is. Um, it sounds like like you're a sports guy. This idea of momentum. They've got momentum. Is that some esoteric or thing? On a streak. Yeah, you know? or on a streak. And yeah. then I, I thought about that one lately too. Like, okay, what does it mean momentum? Like, I know they're scoring a lot of points in the, in a row. I know the crowd is on it, but that's that's one I've heard for years and years and years. And why should a team play better because they just hit two singles? Mhm. Are you not trying as hard as you can all the time anyway? Right. You right. know, something's wrong here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's just, uh, nah, man, you, you're making good plays. So that's that's good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if a guy, you know, if a team goes on a 30 to nothing streak in a ball game or a basketball game, like, yeah, okay, maybe there's some. Well, and, and streaks yeah. happen in different forms. It could happen mm-hmm. where I miss five straight shots and then I make the next five, mm-hmm. or it could happen to where you oh, make, miss, make, miss, make, miss, and it's still 50%. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, the streaks are, you know, we wouldn't call make, miss, make, miss a streak. Mm-hmm. But the end result is the same. So we've tricked ourselves into thinking. Because they do tell, you know, shooters, shoot yourself out of a slump. Mm. If you're in a slump, keep shooting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shoot yourself out of a slump. That's one. Um, have uh, What have you learned about people in all of uh, this research because you don't come off to me as a like a judgmental crank like like I said earlier I don't you know I don't or alluded to I don't I don't think you're running around telling kids that Santa Claus doesn't exist no I don't, I don't. Um, but what do you what do you what are some of your conclusions about uh, people uh, and our need uh, for belief what what have you learned uh, how impressionable the human brain is uh, not just at a young age even an old age. Uh, there was a case where a businessman in his 30s or 40s was told that he could learn how to levitate and fly off the ground. And all he was doing was bouncing with his legs crossed. And, but in his mind, he said, holy cow, I'm levitating. Uh-huh. This successful businessman in his 30s or 40s honestly believed he was levitating. He thought he was pausing while he was at his apex. Mm-hmm. He wasn't pausing. I mean, he just went up and down. Like, gravity brought him down like it was supposed to. Yeah. The, the human brain is so pliable and uh, impressionable. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's no wonder that there are so many shysters out there. Yeah. There really are a ton of shysters out there. And mm-hmm. if people are that easily convinced, I get it. P.T. Barnum, he mm-hmm. didn't really say this, but he was credited with saying there's a sucker born every minute. Yeah. And, man, oh, my God, there are suckers. Thank goodness I, I was brought up to think critically. Mm-hmm. My father used to dabble in the oil business, and he would say, but these people want me to invest in the oil, uh, their oil well or something. And he'd say, how do I know they're on the level? You know, i got to check this out. Mm-hmm. That's right. You gotta ch- just like you would with the car if I was going to sell you my car. Yeah. You check under the hood. You do all of that. Mm-hmm. The thing that gets to me is – we don't think we don't think of these things as being business scams. If they were business scams that we think of a traditional business scam, everybody would applaud us and say thank you for alerting us to this scam. Yeah. But when it comes to psychics or something in the paranormal, a psychic scam is ultimately a business scam too, but there's this part of the population who isn't going to believe you and they're just not going to listen, not going to pay attention to it. Yeah, because it's of the psychic nature. Right, right. It sounds like, uh, well, I, you know, we were, we were talking before we turned on the mics, um, or at least I was. Uh, I was listening. I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think anyway. <laughs> we'll go into the uh, we'll go into the quiet room later for uh, my counseling session. <laughs> um, I enjoy. Uh, re- I call it reading a room. I think there are certain. Um, people that kind of have a knack for that and then there's others that are just are oblivious these personality types um 
How much credence do you give to that stuff, though? Uh, you know, this personality type, that personality type. And Not much. The e, uh, all the acronyms, I, EMFTJ, yeah, Q, I'm, I'm all that stuff. I'm not big on the, uh, the five-factor model of personality. Yeah. This, the, the What's personality that personality is, test everybody takes? Uh, I'm an EMJF. Oh, that's the um, – Briggs. Myers-Briggs. Myers-Briggs, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the the, 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 the uh, human personality and disposition is way too multi – dimensional to pigeonhole into five different categories. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I do like some of those kind of tests. There's one called the 16 PF, 16 personality factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good one because it, it has okay. more uh, scales on it and that kind of thing. But yeah. uh, in general, I'm not too big on this uh, personality modeling. Well, is science going to get us to the point where we can just look at the code and go, oh, this person is going to have this personality? You know, could because yeah. we're getting to that to that point in medicine where this yeah. person's going to have a liver disorder. I mean, we are getting to that point. You yeah, know, the Human Genome Project and all that. Uh, so, you know, maybe it is going to get to that point. But mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, what's what's slipping is critical thinking and parenting mm. to teach us how to think critically. Because now some of the parents are just as impressionable as the kids, or the parents are under the influence of something and don't pay attention to, mm-hmm. you know, they're not they're in a vegetative state and really don't care about teaching their children. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just crazy. I mean, it's just crazy how many people are. There was a, there was a, they, we have these Oklahoma psychic fairs, you mm-hmm. know, a couple of times a year. Uh, I went over one year and uh, ended up getting escorted out by the police. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't really causing trouble. All I was doing was, as the as people were leaving, they should have I would, known you were coming. I would stop okay. them in the lobby, <laughs> and I would of the hotel, and I would say, "Did they help you? What did they predict that was correct? And uh, what are you using to determine whether they were accurate?" And they got word inside that I was doing that, and <laughs> <laughs> sick the cops on me and said, "Get him out of here." Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, but it's because of how impressionable people are. I mean, I couldn't believe some of the things that they were believing, that they told just <laughs> and, this, and this does cross cultures, right? Oh, it absolutely it, it, does. It, and, I, you know, I'm yeah. sorry to say this, but superstition right. is more rampant in Asia than it is here. Well, I was going to ask that because it's just being an American, uh, I know for years it seemed like the people that really got slammed and, and criticized were like, you know, your Southern evangelical Christians or your Pentecostals. But it seems to me if you're going to be a true skeptic, you're going to, you're going to, you know, you're going to go to the Day of the Dead ceremony and go, ah, you know, don't really believe this either. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't your life boring if you don't believe in any of this stuff? Ah. It's like, ah, how many skulls can a man see in one day? <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, so how does a skeptic uh, have fun? What do you do to unwind? You know, uh, besides blowing up everybody's, uh, you know, worldviews. <laughs> but are you suggesting? Which is fun. Which is fun. <laughs> are you suggesting that people who believe in the paranormal—that's how they're unwinding? Maybe that. Maybe they are. That's, but I would. I unwind, unwind the same way you unwind. I think anyway. <laughs> yes, I, I think remember we do. seeing you at the county jail. Last week. So we we unwind the same way. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I like to sit by the lake and uh, yeah. watch the ducks. I like to. Um, I like to read. I like to. You know, I. Here's a, a window into my personality and how mm-hmm. silly I am. Mm-hmm. I still watch sitcoms from yesteryear. Mm-hmm. Gilligan's Island, Andy Griffith. I don't oh, yeah. care. I'm watching those. That's, like those. That, those were the good old days in my opinion. So yeah. that's one of yeah. the ways I relax. Yeah. Okay, I will tell you a, kind of a skeptic uh, story to wrap up here. Um, we're coming up on your time. I want to make sure uh, you get to where you need to go. Um, I was at my mother-in-law's house and um, – devout Catholic, great lady, wonderful mother-in-law, wonderful grandma. Uh, then I had one of my buddies over, and uh, one of my best friends, he's uh, from El Salvador, but he's a, uh, let's let's say not a believer. So my mother-in-law <laughs> has this backyard with this kind of kind of sloping uh, kind of backyard area, and she's got, she's planted this, this Mother Mary statue in the back of this thing. It's got up a little hill. It's white. 
and at night to me it always looked like a, a Ku Klux Klan member. Uh, and I never, I never said that. I never spoke that out loud. But I was like, God, man, she's got a Klansman in the backyard, you know. But anyway, uh, my friend, by the way, uh, he bought a, a holy water flask, those plastic flasks. He emptied that out, and he pours his whiskey into that, and that's what he takes into concerts because it's plastic. <laughs> it's not going to be wanted. So he's always showing off his holy water uh, flask. Uh, so we're drinking one night at the mother-in-law's house, and um, I guess I guess you say we had a little bit too much, and he just got enraged at this Mother Mary statue, runs at it as fast as he can, runs up the hill, tackles it. The the statue is now on the ground, and I'm like, oh my god, if my mother-in-law sees this, like, oh, bro, wow. we are gonna die. So I've had a lot of bourbon, so now I'm scaling the hill, and of course he's laughing because he can just leave. You know, he's just a dopey friend, and now I got to deal with this. So I scale the little hill, and I try to lift this thing up. It had to be like 75, 100 pounds, and I'm, you know, I got whiskey knees, and <laughs> I could kind of replant this thing and. <laughs> Hoping it's not going to fall down again. Something tells me there's a very interesting <laughs> ending to this story. Uh, no, we, uh, he took a hose out on me on my way back, <laughs> and we ended up on the ground uh, firing uh, uh, garden hoses at each other. Uh, two grown men. So, But anyway, that's my uh, religious uh, <laughs> uh, skeptic. Okay. Uh, I don't know what any of that meant. Now, but, you know, a few minutes ago we, you but asked. But we didn't get cursed for the statue falling, I guess. So Well, good. Anyway. Well... But I've never seen a man tack, tackle a uh, Mother Mary uh, statue. <laughs> well, you know, interestingly, when I was growing up, a bolt of lightning hit one of the rooms in our house. My mother had Mother Mary statues and trinkets in this room. Mm-hmm. She had 33 of them, which interestingly was apparently Jesus' age That's when Jesus he died, died, right? Yes, yes. So. This bolt of lightning shot pieces of sheetrock all over the room. There were chunks of it everywhere, on the table, on chairs, on the floor. Not one of the Mother Marys was touched. Oh, boy. So maybe I'm going to go back to your question about what has puzzled you more than anything else. That was an interesting one. An interesting one. That was a very interesting yeah. one. But I, but I don't say, therefore, there's something to this. I don't do that. I just say, like, right, right. Because coincidences do happen. Yeah. Carl Jung says he calls them uh, something else other than coincidences. Synchronicity is his oh, okay. is his term. Yeah. yeah. So you ran into a high school friend at lunch. Big deal. I mean, if it yeah. happens every day, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. If it happens yeah. once for a few years, yeah. it ain't no big deal. It's just a coincidence. Ain't no big deal. Just a coincidence out there, people. <laughs> All right, Dr. Brian uh, Farhad. Did I, did I pronounce that correctly? You pronounced it correctly. Okay, because I, I, I get very particular... Uh, you know about that stuff. So, I don't want far hay, far hot, but anyway. Man, this was a great conversation. I really appreciate you coming out. And, uh, let's, uh, you know, do it again sometime if, if you're not too skeptical about uh, the podcast here. <laughs> it was an enjoyable experience. Regardless of what it says on the bathroom door, I enjoyed talking to you. I really do. You can't believe everything you read on the bathroom wall. For a good time. All right, man. Talk to you later. Okay. <laughs>